0: again to another episode of theology doesn't suck where hopefully theology doesn't suck and i know i always say welcome back and perhaps this is your first time tuning in with us so to you i say welcome to theology doesn't suck for the very first time i'm josh what are your hosts and with me today as always is the amazing marty frederick
1: the amazing and super fly, Marty Frederick. Oh,
0: super fly. I did see you. You looked, quote, super fly on Sunday. I saw a picture I did. of you.
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, I decided I was going to try and go as fresh as possible, as the kids these days are saying. Um, so I went out and got myself some new shoes. And um, no, they weren't New Balance from Kohl's or something like that. You know, I mean, hey, if you like New Balance, maybe that's your thing. It's fine, I guess. Um but I went out and I decided, you know, when I was in high school, Air Force Ones came out, Nike Air Force Ones. And I always wanted a pair, but I couldn't really ever justify it because, like, I don't know, I was kind of like a nerdy kid in high school. So it wouldn't have worked for me all that well. But now I'm cool. and So, like, I've been told by multiple people, not just my mom and not just my wife, that I'm cool. So I was like, you know, maybe I should go out and get a pair of these shoes and happen to have some cash. So I went out and grabbed a pair.
0: So are like, are you trying to join like that whole preachers and sneakers thing? Like your, your ultimate goal is really just to get on that Instagram page where he's like your shoes cost $800 and whatever.
1: I mean, maybe, except my shoes didn't cost $800. They only were, they were a hundred dollars. There we go. Um,
0: That's reasonable.
1: <laughs> so like I'm getting there, I guess, like we're getting to that, you know, $100 price point, I guess, if we're if we want to be honest and say like, I'm one eighth of the way there. Um, but, you know, I I do have other pairs of basketball shoes that I could potentially rock at some point. So like, you know, maybe I could. You know, and those ones were probably, like, $100, too. So if I wore them all together at the same time... Ah,
0: now you're thinking. Yeah. Then you'd get on a website for a whole a different reason, because you would just look ridiculous if you wore them all at <laughs> once. <laughs> Big but look at this here's, idiot.
1: Here's my question, you know, like, they have, like, pastors and sneakers or whatever, if that's what it's called, but, like, what about, like, pastors that use really expensive microphones? Or, uh-huh. like... Pastors that play really expensive guitars or whatever, like, and like if that was a podcast, then I would probably be in that place. Oh um, man, you know, because you know, Josh. One of the cool things about about being in ministry at this new place that I'm at is that, like, I there's all obviously every job has their own perks, um and you know certain churches have and certain jobs have perks that are better and some are different and whatever and, uh, but this one has a really cool perk um, that I won't necessarily get into because i don't want to you know let the cat out of the bag for people that are listening and like talk about it in that type of way like it's just like oh check me out kind of thing <laughs> um but it, it it's basically a uh, got, got made me gave me the opportunity to get a new microphone for myself singing on sunday and it's a microphone that i've always wanted um and so like i bought this thing and it was like you know it's like was way too expensive, it was like super massively expensive. Um, but I did not spend that much money on it because I got it used, um, which if you know anything about me, you know that using a used microphone freaked me out because <laughs> and I'm a super germaphobe. And so <laughs> I like took it and like took it apart and like like put it in like ammonia and like cleaned it and was like making sure that like I wasn't going to be putting my mouth on someone else's mouth that I don't know at all. Um, But (laughs) even using it at yesterday at church, there was a part of me in the back of my mind. I was like, someone else has used this microphone. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I'm weird. But so if there was a pastor's with guitars or pastors with microphones, I would probably be on that page.
0: We should make one of those that I mean, preachers and sneakers blew up like real quick. We could make one of those easily.
1: Yeah. Preachers. Well, it's, what, what, what would it be? It would, it, we'd have to come up with a cool name. We couldn't just, you know, you know, we just couldn't just we, we couldn't
0: just nick it from them.
1: No. Yeah. Because then they'd be all mad at us. You know, you stole our name, whatever.
0: Like, no, we right. didn't steal it. We nicked it. It's different.
1: All right. Yeah, that is true. So, hey, if you're listening to this and you've got an idea for an Instagram page of people that like, you know, pastors that use really, really, really expensive equipment, like whether it be a microphone or a guitar or like, you know, I don't know, like something other than their outfit because their clothes like that's one thing. But like, you know, you know, they they dress like to impress, I guess. Like I remember one time, I saw um, Stephen Furtick at the Global Leadership Summit. Like, what this was like, right when Elevation was getting to become like really big, and he was teaching about being hum- like humble, and how to, how to live a life of humility. But he was wearing a Rolex, <laughs> and I remember feeling like, wait a minute. <laughs> and this was before preachers with sneakers. So if you've got a cool idea for, you know, the concept of like pastors with expensive guitars or like fancy cars or like microphones or equipment or whatever, you could email that to us. Uh, and then maybe Josh and I will credit you with it and allow you to run it and like, (laughs) we'll just, we'll just let you take care of it. We'll just send you
0: ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's perfect. Now that actually has to happen. So somebody who's creative hop on that.
1: Yeah, even though you and I are both creative types, as far as like our enneagram and like based on like our Myers Briggs, for some reason I just it might be Josh that for me it's eight fifteen right now. That's true. In the morning. In the morning. Yeah.
0: In the morning. (laughs) It's well, it's nine fifteen for me, so I guess I'm a bit more lucky, and I've had my share of coffee already this
1: morning. Um, I have mine. I would like to have some more. I'm drinking an Ethiopia uh, single origin from Collectivo Coffee in Milwaukee. Um, Wow, you're fancy! It's my first. It's my first time trying Collectivo because I have to admit, with the one one of the one of the times I went by and saw them somewhere, they seemed Starbucksy to me. So I was like, oh I'm not gonna go in there. And it went somewhere else, but then I played a gig on Saturday in Milwaukee, an outdoor gig, and it was one of those things, sort of like a fundraiser, so they don't really pay money necessarily, Um, but someone had donated a bunch of gift cards to Collectivo, um, and I was like, well, I don't live close to a Collectivo coffee, so I'll stop and I'll get some bags on the way home. So I'm trying it now, and it actually is very good, so if you're a Collectivo fan, or if you've heard of it and had it before, cheers to you. (laughs) Well done. (laughs)
0: I did not have Collectivo coffee. I had chock full of nuts out of a drip yeah. pot, which I know is a oh. sin to you, Marty. Um, Come on, Josh. I'm lazy in the morning, man. I love me a good pour over, and I agree with you that it is a far superior way to drink coffee, and it's way better, significantly, like not even a question. However, in the morning I'm tired, and pushing a button it just does <laughs> it for me, and I'm fine with that. And and chock full of nuts is pretty decent coffee, especially out of a drip pot. Definitely not like... Folgers or Maxwell house or something gross.
1: Yeah. Don't even, don't, don't even put their name in your mouth. That's like the worst thing you could do.
0: Yeah. Like here's the thing. People might get mad and say like, Oh, Josh just said some heretical things on the podcast. So well, I think the most heretical thing I just said was Maxwell house and Folgers. <laughs> so if I don't get pissed off emails and Instagram DMS about me saying that, then I'm going to be upset.
1: Yeah. Well, Josh, before we get into the podcast. Um, I just want to give uh, I want to give a thanks to you and to your youth group, hooray! Um, Because (laughs) um, so I uh, one of the things that uh, is actually true about Josh and I is that we aren't just podcast buddies, but we're actually like actual friends in real life. And um, like the reality is, like if you were to look at like our text message thread, which I would not recommend, um, (laughs) but if you were to look at our text message thread, you'd see that like we actually talk. Like, literally every day, uh, like, via text and not just about, like, here's a cool podcast idea or here's this. But, like, we will bounce ideas off each other and, like, you know, but we'll also, like, encourage each other and say, like, hey, like, you know, I saw you post this or I saw you say this and, like, you know, here's what it made me think of or I just wanted to, you know, I'm praying for you or whatever. And there's a couple weeks ago, uh, which does kind of lead us, I mean, kind of into the discussion for today. Yeah. Not really, but... um, there's a, a couple of weeks ago, Josh was uh, being he was frustrated and struggling over a relationship with a previous friend um, who wasn't really ever actually all that kind to Josh or wasn't ever actually the person that was I would actually call a friend. Um, but he was kind of like struggling about it. And I and I just kind of gave him like, say, hey dude, like, here's some here's some hard truths, but like good truths for you to like lean into and see that, like, you know, you don't need to allow these people to like hang out in your life anymore. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't say it hoping that like Josh would go use it for something or whatever. <laughs> I just said it because I care about Josh. Um, but then like he was sharing a story with his youth group and he wound up sharing that with them. And they sent me a video cheering and like, you know, like cheering and like chanting my name. So if you go to <laughs> Seneca Creek church and like you are in Josh's youth group and you're listening to this, I just want to say, Hey, thanks guys. You know, you, uh, You definitely made a a words of affirmation, love language man uh, feel good about himself. So thanks. (laughs)
0: Right on. I have to let them know that you said, well, the ones that listen to this already will hear it. But I'll let them know specifically for those of you who still don't listen. You have to go listen because you're mentioned and then people want to be a part of something that, you know, their name is in. So that'll be cool.
1: Well, I don't know many of their names. Actually, probably don't know any of their names, but that that's okay. You know who you are. Yeah. You know that you cheered my name. And so that also <laughs> leads me to another thing I was teasing, teasing Josh about. Um, and I'm just going to say this generally to everybody that listens to the podcast. Um, so Josh and I are real people. <laughs> We're not just like on your – in your iPhone or something like that. We're not robots. Um, we're not like birds cause birds aren't real, but like, <laughs> we are real, we are real people. So, uh, if you are interested in following us on social media, um, the individuals, I don't know about Josh, but I would be welcome. I would be totally open to people following me on social media. I don't post anything that I would like be mad about, you know, knowing about. So I'm not one of those people that's like, give me my privacy. Like I would love to be in communion with you all. So, um, I actually don't know how to spell my podcast, my uh, Instagram name, so I have to look it up. Um, so but basically my my Instagram is Marta Lay Bay. It's M-A-R-T-A-L-A-Y-B-A-E. So feel free to follow me on Instagram. If you if you want to search me on Facebook, you can search Marty Frederick. It's fine. I will accept it because I'm starved for attention and I would love to be followed by you. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, no, it'd be really cool. I think, I don't know. I think what's cool is that like genuinely like we are seeking to create like a community of people who can have, you know, conversation and support each other about theology or just about life and things like that. Yeah. And so like we, we also want you guys to like be connecting with each other. Like our Facebook group is pretty cool. Um, you know, even though it's not always super active, like just the conversations there, there's been some really good ones. And so like trying to be a part of that community would be awesome. Like we don't want to just, uh, be something, you know, free to put in your ears for a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't know, but I think community is important. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So connect with each other. We'd love to connect with you too. Uh, we are created, um, you know, to live in community with one another, uh, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, in the, the Big sea Church, the body of Christ. So um, let's actually live like that's true instead of just saying crap about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, solid. So all right. Well, I guess we'll transition to what we're going to talk about today because it is uh, so we, it's kind of something a little bit different. ...than what uh, maybe we've done before in the past, but uh, I think it's a conversation that uh, will be helpful and and perhaps maybe even healing uh, for both Marty and I. It'll be a little bit more raw than normal, Um, but just him and I have had very similar experiences uh, and a very similar story, and so we kind of wanted to share that and and talk about it um, some today. Uh, So basically... Um, I'll give the short of it and then I'll let Marty go ahead and and go first. But basically, Marty and I have both had um, instances, multiple instances, multiple occurrences where we have served in ministries that were subpar to say the least. And they impacted us in some negative ways. Uh, We had some, you know, to use Christianese, some quote, dark nights of the soul, so to speak. And we both kind of found some refuge in uh, podcasts that were very helpful for us at the time, um, but we have since moved on from them. And so that's kind of the gist of what we want to talk about. Uh, But I'll let Marty, if you want to maybe go first and just kind of talk about some of uh, your experiences, and then I can do the same, and then we can get into the podcast thing.
1: Yeah, so... um I think what Josh was just saying there uh, is definitely true. So, like, um, I, I joined, I was in ministry starting in 2016 um, as a full-time ministry. Before that, I was in volunteer ministry uh, for over a decade. But I'd also been like a like a, a, a I guess you'd call me a, un, well, I was an unpaid worship leader for a church plant um, in Massachusetts. And, um, you know, I, I loved what I was doing there. I really enjoyed it. And I actually did not have uh, bad experiences at that place. Um, you know, I wasn't paid. The pastor wasn't paid. It was really kind of grassroots. Sometimes we'd have 20 people. Sometimes we'd have 80 people. Um, the, I guess the only, quote, unquote, bad experience I would have ever had in that in that situation was just like my own personal like me needing to grow type things where like, you know, I was, you know, I, I would leave church and I'd say, well, you know, no one told me the music was any good today. And, um, and so that was kind of different. My wife would say, well, you know, remember like, it's not about whether it was good or not for you or like, it's not about like Nick, like someone giving you affirmation. And it was more like for me learning about myself that I needed that to then know like, okay, that maybe is not the place to seek affirmation just because it's, you know, it's not about me. Um, but then, as I left there, um, when I was finished, when I finished seminary, I moved to Washington State uh, in a town about two hours north of Seattle. And uh, up there, I had just had my first year of ministry was just awesome. Like I, I was a youth, I was a youth pastor, and uh, uh, I, I got a chance to lead retreats, and I got a chance to preach on Sunday, and I got a chance to lead worship on occasion. I even got a chance to um, lead the the youth group on a on its first uh, international mission trip in over four years. Um, and it was only my first year of ministry. And so they were really placing a lot of trust in me. And then, um, I'm not really sure what happened. Um, because even as I've thought back and looked back, I haven't personally been able to like say, Oh, I did this one thing. And then everything changed, but something happened in ministry at that place where all of a sudden any, like any of the favor that I had been given, um, like any of the favor that had been placed on me personally was really kind of almost completely taken away. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't have influence or favor with my youth, with my, with my pastor any longer. Um, there were people that who I had thought were my friends that I realized I didn't really have favor or influence with them any longer. Um, and it was kind of odd. It it really kind of came out of nowhere to be honest. And then there were some things that happened that, you know, like weren't good that I didn't do a great job with. And, that I would definitely own and never kind of take away. Um, and so there was a lot of weird things. So I left ministry there kind of like, okay, like I'm ready for a fresh start. I'm ready for something new. Um, so I left ministry in Washington. It was really hard because, you know, I had made some great, as you, as Josh would probably know how this feels, like you leave a ministry place where as a youth pastor, you know, and you've definitely impacted, but more so made great relationships with people Uh, not just students, but parents and adults as well. Um, And leaving is like super hard. Like I think my wife and I and our four kids drove for 10 days (laughs) from Washington to South Florida. And uh, I would say at least the first two days of that, either my wife or I or both of us uh, cried at some point (laughs) in in the car, just because like we were we would get a text from one of the kids like, Oh, like, we really wish you weren't leaving. And you know, you can't expect kids to necessarily be the ones that are going to manage. You know the emotional aspect of that type of of relationship breaking at that point. You know, and so like that was we we it was we weren't upset with them. It just was like oh this makes it harder because <laughs> like now we're we're already sad. Um, and then we got to where we were in Florida, and to be honest, where we were in Florida started out really well also. But uh, even as I looked back, <clears throat> I think that initially there it was good but there was always sort of this underlying um like I, it's it's weird to say but almost like a like a drive to perform kind of a thing like a almost like a performance anxiety like if you didn't mm. perform well then like you were gonna be in trouble or like whatever and i think initially i attributed a lot of that feeling this like performance like oh i like i better live up to expectations kind of feeling f- based off of the fact that something had happened where i was before in ministry um that had led to me in some way losing that favor losing that influence and then feeling like i hadn't lived up to expectations and so i think i attributed my previous experience to to the to what i was feeling when actually what was actually going on was that was just what was happening there and so like Even That might have been a part of it for me personally, but the outside influences definitely were performance-driven. They definitely were a you're not living up to expectations or you are living up up to expectations. Um, You know, we did a thing, Josh will know about this in our staff meeting every week, called Right, Wrong, Missing, and Confusing. And there were oftentimes a lot of things that were done right and a lot of things that were mentioned as rights. Uh, But then also... There would be the wrong, the missing, and the confusing. And sometimes I didn't always agree with what was the quote-unquote wrong <laughs> that was listed about what I had done or something like that, but it wasn't necessarily a time to debate or discuss. It was just a, a time to list these things. Now, I'm going to stop there and say I know I'm talking a lot. I'm almost finished, Josh, I promise. No, you're doing good. Um, um There was, in this culture at this place, Uh, It was it was a place of a culture of feedback. And I I will stop and say that um, a culture of feedback is absolutely essential to grow as a Christian and to grow in ministry, to grow in leadership, to grow in whatever it is you're going to grow in. Like if you are not comfortable with receiving feedback of any type, whether it be positive or negative, like you are going to have a hard time growing and maturing. Yeah, that's like
0: that's exactly what I just talked to my students about on yeah. uh, on Sunday, Marty, was that idea that we need friendships that help us grow and friendships that help us to see things in ourselves that we don't see <laughs> and are willing to call those things out or push us to do better. So I think you're actually I mean, you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah. And and so, like, I mean, I wanted to say that, like, you know, that one thing, the culture of feedback was probably, it's not the most important thing that I gained from the second place of ministry, but it definitely is one of the most important things that I gained there because it gave me now in the place that I'm at when someone says, hey, you know, that wasn't so great. I don't get all hurt about myself. I hear that and I say, oh, great. Thank you so much for telling me, you know, like, can I, can I ask you like, what would you recommend? Or like, they're like, can you tell me how I could do that better? Just because and not because I want to be condescending, but because I actually want to grow and I actually want to know like how I can improve. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually had my current pastor say, hey, you guys did this thing uh, in the worship service that didn't work. <laughs> and, uh, and and you know what? The directness of that three or four years ago would have hurt me personally on a deep emotional level. But because I went through this culture of feedback for almost three years, I took that and heard that. And I was like, great, thanks. I really appreciate that. And so like, I'm not going to try that again, but I'm not going to stop being bold and trying new ideas. Sure. I just am not going to do that thing again because that thing didn't work. Make, makes perfect sense. Um, the interesting thing about this place though, is that when I was working in this second place, um, which, you know, I'm not going to name names or talk about specific individuals here. And I know Josh isn't going to either. <laughs> um, but we are planning and coming up with ways to, in which in the future we may actually uh, do that, <laughs> Yeah. but in ways, in ways that are, um, maybe not necessarily quite as public as this, uh, or quite as public as our social media account. So stay tuned to, for those kinds of things. But, um, So as as I was in this place, the second place, um, and it it had been about, you know, two two years or a little bit more at this point uh, or or might have been just just below two years. And Josh had left um, already, which was kudos to him. um, And uh, he had left and it was just me and the senior or the lead pastor. Uh, that were really doing the majority, uh, no, not the majority, I'll say all of the work. Huh. Uh, I mean, there was an office manager that would do her roles. You know, there was a you know financial administrator that would do her role. But like as far as like the, the pastoral work and like the different things like that, um, small groups and website stuff and all those different things that was split between he and I, um, it began to feel more and more to me like it was split very unevenly um and i think part of that had to do with the fact that i felt like i had a lot to do and then i would be asked to do more hmm. um because i remember talking with josh saying like when he told me he was going to go and he felt bad that i was going to have things added to my plate i remember saying to him don't worry about that because i i don't have any room mentally or even physically to fit anything else onto my plate at all. Like I don't have the time. and then I wound up having things added to my plate. I <laughs> up having to do them anyway. Um, and I think it was in this time that this overuse, this this total burnout, literally that's the word burnout. yeah um, was at a I was just literally at a point where you know I, I was unable, to really even be able to focus on my own personal spiritual life. Um, You know, and so I began to say, okay, I need to find something to do uh, that's going to bring that in. And so one of the things I had actually never done before was listen to podcasts. I actually, you know, uh, hadn't really ever gotten involved. Josh and I had actually talked about doing a podcast together at some point, and um, that hadn't come together. And so I was like, you know, I just need to find something. So I began... Uh, looking to see what there would be. And one of the first things I came across, um, was, which I will name names just because I think it's important here. Uh, I came across the liturgist podcast, uh, that Michael Gungor, uh, science, Mike and, uh, William Matthews, uh, and Hillary McBride, uh, do the four of them together. Sometimes three of them do it. Sometimes four of them do it. They have guests sometimes, And one of the first episodes I listened to uh, was an episode called Man, Hmm. or it might have been men. And it was essentially just talking about toxic masculinity in our culture, but also just the idea that, like, you know, it's okay to be who you are as a man. And if you are more of an emotive personality as a man, that's okay. And, uh, you know, to be honest, that was like really freeing to hear that. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And it. And it, and it put me in a place where I was able to be like, OK, like, you know, maybe I want to hear what else these guys have to say. The next episode that I listened to was about speaking in tongues. And mm-hmm. um, I come from a, a fairly charismatic background, so I was interested in hearing this. And I knew that Michael Gunger had 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 a, a crisis of faith at a certain point uh, over the last couple of years. And uh, I knew that the potential would be that what he would have to say about that um, wasn't going to be good. Um, and I was like, well, that's okay. Cause, and I kind of want to hear that. Yeah. And actually they, they weren't all that, um, they weren't all that harsh on the concept of speaking in tongues. As a matter of fact, they affirmed a lot of things and said like, you know, there are things that happen within the spirit and there are things like that. And, you know, William Matthews, um, if you're unfamiliar with him comes from the Bethel church movement. So like he was a part of Bethel a mm-hmm. worship leader at Bethel, um, and like so for him speaking in tongues wasn't total like yeah this happens and like this is a thing and I've seen it happen and it's totally it's totally normal and and real um, but to kind of speed things up a little bit as I began listening more and more to the podcast I found myself having this more of this like cynical viewpoint towards christianity but I think more so a cynical viewpoint towards ministry um because they began also talking about a concept that I think is important to talk about. Um, they began talking about this idea of deconstruction uh, and deconstruction of your faith and the deconstruction and reconstruction of it. And um, as they began talking about that, I was kind of interested to kind of know what that meant and kind of because I'd never heard of it before. Um, and I, I really feel like as I began continued continually listening to this podcast, I was becoming more cynical towards the idea of ministry and the idea of ministering to people through church. And um, I felt like as I began listening to it and then as I continued listening to it, um, I, I, there began to be like, I'm, and I say this uh, in total absolution and truth, almost like this dark cloud over me uh, throughout most of what I did. Um, And it and it really began to be sort of this oppressive feeling, this oppressive thought uh, that was really challenging to try to find my way out of. Uh, I don't and I and my wife even notice, you know, after a while, like, you know, she even began to say I would talk about faith and I would talk about, you know, ministry. And I would say things like, you know, well, I don't even know if I should even be in ministry. Like, I don't even know that. I, And I actually even looked into other fields uh, during that time and like what it would look like to like leave ministry altogether. And what I'll say about that, this is sort of my last piece, Josh, yeah. is like, um, I don't know that it was necessarily the podcast's fault yeah. that put me in that place. I think what it was, was the place, the two places of ministry that I had been a part of had been so spiritually damaging. They had been so personally damaging. They had been so mentally exhausting to the point where I found solace in this thing that actually kind of took me to a different place than I needed to go. Um, and I was looking for affirmation. I was looking for freedom in something that wasn't Jesus, um, Even if they were talking about Jesus, like I wasn't looking for freedom in Jesus. I was looking for freedom in this other thing. And I, for a time, found it. Um, But as even as like Jesus said, like you build your house on the rock and it will stand, but you build your house on the sand and it will crumble. Yeah. And I feel like this was essentially beginning to like rebuild or put together like my house on like the shifting sands of what like of somebody else's walk of faith. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. So um, the one last thing I wanted to do, um, I'm I'm a fan, and I think Josh is beginning to be a fan um, of a pastor by the name of John Tyson. Um, and uh, we've we've both uh, got his one of his books. Um, it's a really great book. Uh, it's called
0: Kingdom, uh, Kingdom Values.
1: Values, Volume One. And uh, I've been reading through it and it's really great. Um, but one of the things he posted on Twitter, actually, just recently he posted... Uh, In many ways, traditional apologetics seeks to make Christianity true and reasonable. Cultural apologetics seems to make it plausible and desirable. This is very important in an increasingly secular age. And I think what I was looking for... Was this concept of cultural apologetics is, you know, like the first episode I heard was about man, you Mm -hmm. know, and about toxic masculinity and this idea of like, you know, you don't have to, you know, like I remember Science Mike and that said uh, he told the story about being in gym class and not wanting to do the the sports or the different things that the other guys in the class wanted to do. Like they just weren't interesting to him. And he was made fun of and he was teased. You know, he was called gay. He was called, you know, he was called lame. He was called weak and stupid <laughs> because he wasn't interested in these emotion, or in these em- different things. He was more interested in having conversations with people and being involved in, in communion and relationship with people. And so, like, because he had those differences, people weren't calling him those things. And I remember like, OK, like that was actually my experience. Yeah. A little bit. But. This cultural apologetics was desirable, but it wasn't necessarily true for everybody. And it wasn't necessarily reasonable in all aspects of conversation, if that makes sense. Sure. Um. So like I, I was looking for something and I found it and it kind of gave me a solace for a little bit. But then as I moved away from that, or as I, as I looked, as I look back on it now, Uh, I realized that I was really, like I said, just building my house on the sinking and shifting sands, um, instead of returning to Jesus, returning home to what, what Christ can offer. Yeah. Um, so I've given my soliloquy, um, um, that's my experience, but Josh, I want to give you plenty of time to share yours too. So yeah,
0: sure. I'll, I'll jump into mine and then, um, I would love to tackle some of the issues that, uh, that came up here and, um, I know you're tight on time Marty but if we run over our our typical time as long as we get finished before you have to leave uh I'm fine with that. Yeah, we're good. Um, we're good. Yeah. Sweet. Well, so yeah, so it's it's actually it's really interesting like Marty said we're both really good friends and we found out um pretty quickly that we're almost the same person which is kind of weird. Um, cause normally people that are, are that similar don't like each other, <laughs> yeah. but we have the very,
1: I don't like you though. Yeah. That's the that's thing. Fine. I actually don't, I don't
0: like you. Uh, so, I mean, I love you, but I don't like but you. That's fine. That's fine. I'll, Aww. I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so anyway, um, I had a, a very similar start in ministry. My first, uh, full-time ministry job was with working for Youth for Christ, which was awesome. Um, I loved it. I started a a brand new club for a a high school in the local area and it started out really small and by the end of the year, um, you know, we were having 40, 50 kids uh, a night come out for that and a really cool, like, thing happened. It was very, like, a family feel. Everybody uh, was really connected and it was just a really genuine community um, and I was really happy about that and, um, but the issue was, like, Starting back in college, uh, both my wife and I, uh, felt this call to ministry in South Florida and we didn't know why we didn't know what that looked like. We didn't know when, um, but it's something that we had been praying about back at, like I said, sophomore year in college. And we'd been praying, 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 and I was consulting mentors of mine and they're saying, yeah, well, it seems like this seems to be, you know, um, you know, a thing like what God might have for you. But so start asking God to open up doors. So then we started praying for that, um, and basically a door was opened. I wasn't looking, a door was opened, um, you know, during my time at youth for Christ. And I've, you know, prayed about it and was really excited and felt this was, you know, the right move. This is what, what God had in store. Um, and so I left my job for youth for Christ, which I still remember the night having to tell the students, um, that we'd be moving to South Florida. That was one of the most difficult things I ever had to do. Um, there was not a dry eye in the room, including mine, and uh, it sucked to be honest. Um, but I did it uh, in faith, and we went and started. I started full time ministry at a church in South Florida. Uh, that's where I met you, Marty. Um, and during my time there, I guess I kind of uh, was wooed into thinking like how wonderful this place was. They said all this really great stuff about. Oh, we really care about your family, and spending time with your family is, is the top priority. We really care about you. Um, you know, saying all this nice stuff about how you know South Florida is the most unchurched place in the country, so you should come here. Um, you know, like it's touting all this really great stuff. Uh, which is once I arrived, I very quickly uh started to pick up on um a lot of the BS that was being spewed. Um, you know, from the the incre- in- incredibly insane work hours. You know, the 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 eight thirty to five thirty Monday through Friday. Um, you know, behind a desk uh, in my office, and then you know whatever it was six a.m. on Sunday morning until five thirty p.m. Um, and then if there's an event on Saturday, you know I had to do that too. Uh, so really, I started to see like you know, negative effects in my relationship with my wife, because I never saw her <laughs> and I hung yeah. out with Marty far more than I hung out with my wife. Um, and I think Marty, you actually, no, you, I, yeah, I was going to say, go ahead and say what, what that brings to mind for yeah. you. Cause I know something.
1: Yeah. I, I actually one time said, uh, in a joking way in a meeting, uh, at this place, I said, you know, you know, so-and-so pastor, I actually spend more time with you than I spend with my wife and he goes, Oh, that's not true. That's not true. You're home, you know, at this time every day and you leave at this time. I said, yeah, but I'm sleeping for <laughs> 85% of that time. And so I was like, I don't know that I call that quality time. And he didn't really say anything. So, but it was absolutely true. It was ice. You know, if you did the, if you did the math, you, there was more time spent at the office than there was at home. And I think it was just a hard truth for him to hear. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that was, that was hard for me. And then I started noticing things um, about the way, people were talked about, how congregants were talked about. And, um, you know, I didn't appreciate that. I, I started to see that people didn't really matter. Um, and, and that the ultimate growth was, our goal was, was always about numbers and, and numbers are, are important. Hear me out. You need to know who's in your care in order to take care of them. But the most important number as a pastor in a church is the number one, and it's the person standing right in front of you. And that did not compute there. Uh, we spent far significant, stupid amount of money on marketing and mass mail campaigns and all this crap instead of actually helping and aiding the community. And anytime we would quote unquote do a service opportunity, it was just another advertising campaign for the church. Um, and so there were a whole bunch of things that I really was bumping my head against. Um, I'm kind of a rebel at heart and I didn't, to use their phraseology, not mine, they would say, you know, Josh, if you're going to get along here, you have to, quote, drink the Kool-Aid, and I'm not much of a drink the Kool-Aid kind of guy, and so uh, there were all sorts of issues that started to arise, and then the way I started to be treated uh, by leadership was very negative, uh, very condescending, you know, the finger in your face kind of stuff, and that's not an exaggeration, um, you know, I had been threatened. Uh, I would attribute now things like spiritual abuse, emotional abuse, uh, all sorts of stuff. It's, it's crazy. I don't have time to get into all of it, but just know it sucked. And that was my experience. And so uh, it was there that I, um, I found a podcast that started really to help me called the Bad Christian Podcast. Uh, if you guys have been listeners for any time, uh, you know, I used to talk about them a lot. And they were a podcast that during my time at this church was extraordinarily helpful because they knew and understood the BS that I was calling out in the system. And like Marty said, it was good to be affirmed in that. So I I had been listening to them and I started questioning uh, ministry as a whole. And so I started looking uh, for a new church, though. I figured, okay, well, maybe maybe just this place sucks. Um, And, you know, lucky for me, I had Marty there and, uh, Marty and I were very open. We could talk about things. We could discuss things it's actually probably to the point, uh, where I really knew things weren't good is that whenever I would hang out with Marty, like we'd go over to his house, uh, my wife and I, and we'd hang out with him and, and, and Kayla and his wife, um, all Marty and I would talk about was how upset we were about where we were. And, um, our wives would get pissed off. They're like, can we not talk about work? (laughs) But like, that's how I knew things were really unhealthy. Um,
1: Sorry, we can't literally. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) We have nothing else to talk about because that's our life. (laughs) Um, And so uh, basically, Marty knew that I was looking, you know, for a new place and he was praying for me and and helping. And eventually I found a new place. Uh, I took a job at a a church that if I'm honest, now this is going to be hard to hear uh, for people that listen that, um, you know, attend this place, but I would not have taken a job at this church on regular circumstances. But I was so desperate to leave where I was uh, that I did anyway. Um, and I'm not saying that that I like regret it or anything, because I have really solid relationships there. Um, that's where I met my my one of my best friends, Chad, Marty. You know, you've really gotten to know Chad. I have some amazing students uh, that I really connected with. Some great, you know, parents and families that that were awesome. Some other coworkers. Uh, Like a shout out to William Joyner. I know William still listens um, to the podcast. He's a cool dude. But so I don't regret those things. But when I got there, um, there was like that place was not great either. (laughs) They had their own problems of their own, Um, you know, issues that um, I kind of picked up on immediately. Uh, Things that bothered me, like I was hired to be a a youth pastor, um, but like student ministry wasn't really valued at all. Um and so that was that was always a fight. But then also uh there was always like this really toxic culture amongst the staff where uh the head pastor never trusted anybody and um they would you know be caught multiple times just lying or or shielding stuff from us that they shouldn't have, not including, you know, not including us, um going on personal vendettas against, you know, various people on staff, like just a, a whole bunch of nonsense that shouldn't happen. And what I kept listening to Bad Christian, and again, they were just, what they do is they, I think very well, to their credit, they point out the faults in the the church as an institution. Um, so, and I just agreed with that stuff, so it was helpful for me. Uh, but there were times when I was like, yeah, I don't want to be in ministry anymore. I told God that. I said, if this is what working in your church looks like, then screw it. I don't want to be a part of this because this is not good. Um and that was my experience. And I really genuinely struggled with that. I, I had times, uh, a dark night of the soul, so to speak, when I was even questioning God, like, God, if, if you're so good and, and, you know, you bless the church, then why has my experience in churches been so bad? Is this really what all churches are like? You know, and luckily, um, you know, through being able to talk to Marty And again, I will attribute it to it, even though I'm going to say um, maybe some negative things later, but you know, the, the guys at the bad Christian podcast and some of the, the friendships that I had really helped me walk through that. And now I'm in a place that is amazing. I'm in an extremely healthy church with a very healthy staff and, a, and an awesome head pastor and awesome executive pastor, like an awesome team as a whole. The people are great. You know, the student ministry is is solid. The church is thriving and it's and it's healthy and it's good. And so, um, you know, God's been working in me personally recently to, to restore my faith and hope, um, you know, in his church, in his body. Um but I have recently uh, stopped listening uh, to Bad Christian Podcasts, and I actually, I used to support them uh, financially. I have ceased doing that, and I, I, it's actually been a couple months now that I stopped listening to them. Um, and it's nothing against them. Um, you know, I, I love those guys, respect them, um, you know, and, and hope that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't wish anything bad on them. And if you still listen to Bad Christian, I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your life, but it is was no longer edifying for me. Um, and so now I actually, I listen to You Have Permission uh, by Dan Koch, because I think he does a really good job of the reconstruction bit, uh, which is important. If you're going to break down walls in your faith um, and you don't seek, you know, better understanding, better theologies of God, uh, then ultimately you're just going to, you know, push yourself away completely. Um, And I don't want that. Dan does a really great job of offering different solutions, different ways to think, uh, that can help, you know, kind of rebuild your faith. Um, and I think that's positive. So, uh, that's kind of my story. Um, you know, negative stuff in ministry and how a podcast helped me, but ultimately I decided to walk away from it, um, just because it was no longer edifying. And, um, I just, honestly, I got uncomfortable with it. And, um, I don't know why I started to feel convicted about it. Like God, it was definitely God speaking because I freaking love that podcast. It's entertaining. It's funny. I feel connected to the hosts. You know, we had one of them on the, on our podcast, Marty, um, prior to you coming on. Like I, so it wasn't me. God was doing something in me um, and I'm pretty convinced of that. And so um, it was difficult for me, but uh, I've since moved on.
1: Yeah. Well thanks Josh for sharing all that because I think it's important for us to look at that and say, you know, I mean, our experiences are real, our experiences are genuine and they matter. Um and like you any of you listening right now, your experience matters. Um and I and I and I do believe that, you know, sort of like scripture talks about um in the life of Joseph when Joseph was sold into slavery and then at the end he says what you meant for evil God used for good. Absolutely. And I and I and I think we can take these experiences we have with these types of podcast or podcasts or, you know, these bad churches that we worked at. Or if you're listening and you're like, man, like I'm currently in a bad church, <laughs> like the place I'm in right now, like all the things, Marty, you said about like where you were and like being uh, being tired and being overused and abused. And Josh, the same with you, like, man, like that's like my week every week and. You know, maybe you're sitting at your desk right now on Wednesday listening with headphones and you're already tired and you don't know how you're going to do Thursday or Friday or Sunday this week because you're in ministry and you're already done. Like, you know, like these are the things we're talking about. Like, um, so if you haven't already turned to these types of things, then I would say good for you. Um, But I also would say be careful of the things that you then allow yourself to turn to for support particularly if you don't have somebody like Josh and I did, um, nearby or working with you that you could turn to for that type of support and guidance. Um, so along the lines of this idea, cause we've kind of shared our story here. Um, I want to talk a little bit, Josh, about the idea of deconstruction and reconstruction. Cause I think part of that was like a part of our discussion here as well. Yeah. Um, And this came up, uh, for those of you listening, Um, so I am personally, I'm a huge fan of different worship leaders, Um, as you can imagine, being a worship pastor, I like to be, you know, up on the times as much as I possibly can, um, so that I'm, you know... I can find new songs to listen to, or I can find, you know, new versions of older songs to listen to, or if I can find, you know, maybe someone that just is doing something really creative. So I like to listen to a lot of different people. Uh, But one of those people that I like to listen to, uh, his name is Sean Fute. And he, although he's a part of the Bethel movement, he's a part of the Bethel church family. Uh, he really actually, he runs a ministry called burn 24 seven that really like their focus is to, um, essentially create moments of, or like days of worship. So either like entire days of worship where like for 24 hours, there's worship music and prayer happening. And the idea is just to create a culture of worship, uh, amongst those places, It's just totally great. And, um, He posted on his, um, on his Instagram feed on Saturday, um, which by the way, this is the same guy, um, who penned a song about revival in North Korea a few years back. And then just a couple months ago, uh, Donald Trump and, uh, the leader of Korea shook hands on the same spot in which Sean wrote this worship (laughs) song. Um, so... Uh, I hope I don't make anyone think that like I'm either in support or not in support of Trump, or by making a comment about him, because in today's day and age, you mention Trump, and people think, oh, you must love Donald Trump, or oh, you must hate him, and we're not talking about that, so cast that out of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) We're not talking about that at all right now. Um, But Sean posted on his Instagram feed um, a screenshot of the Liturgist podcast episode that's coming up most recently, so I want you to hear where I'm coming from with this, because I was listening to this because I was interested in the deconstruction, reconstruction concept, this which led me to this podcast, which there were some episodes that were extremely helpful for me, but if I'm being honest, if I would have just, what I wound up doing was just listening to every episode. Here's the title of the most recent episode of the Liturgist podcast. New episode. Jamie Lee Finch is a sex witch. And then it says in there, new on the podcast, we are introducing you to our friend, I am Jamie Lee Finch, and her work as an intuitive healer and embodiment coach. So now, okay, being a healer or an embodiment coach, like, you know, sounds essentially like someone that wants to help you, those types of things, but the title... Is Jamie Lee Finch is a sex witch, and so I thought, okay, I'm gonna go check and make sure that that's actually the thing. And it is their most recent episode. It was released last Thursday. Um, This is a podcast that I went to when I was trying to find Jesus in some way, but this is the thing that I was led to. Now. You can be liberal, you can be conservative, you can be interested in, you know, being open to all sorts of different types of conversation. I get all that stuff. And I'm totally on board with 99% of that. In fact, I mean, if you look at some of the different people we've had on as a guest of this podcast, like not every single person is like it, like it's not Ravi Zacharias. Like (laughs) we've had everybody on this podcast and it's not just the Billy Grahams that we would It's like, it's like everyone from different sides. So like we are obviously open to conversation about a lot of things, um, But Sean's comment on it is, are Christian millennials actually listening to these people and why? So, of course, that led to what I'm sure being, you know, someone with as many Instagram followers as he has and all that stuff led to many people super upset that he said that kind of thing, probably calling him judgmental. And so his response later, he, he says, the responses of putting that crazy podcast quote on blast, as the kids say, have been wild from you guys. And then he circles in huge, bold letters. I had literally no idea. So many people have had friends and family walk away from community, their faith and Jesus from that influence. We are actually biblically mandated to expose and call out stuff like that. Hence my post. And then a little bit later, he posted this. And this is the spot that really caught me and really made me realize that I agreed with this. And I was like, yeah, like Josh and I need to talk about this at some point. Uh, he writes the the quote deconstruction movement only leads to total destruction of people's lives and faith. I've seen it over and over now with friends. Get out now. The quote deconstruction movement is largely born out of a spirit of offense and disappointment. It perpetuates a victim mentality and rejects all biblical absolutes. And so for me, when I heard him say that it rejects all it perpetuates a victim mentality and rejects all biblical absolutes i thought to myself that's essentially exactly what i did i was a victim my life was was hard i was working in a place that was overusing me i was working in a place where i was being mentally and spiritually abused and like saying to myself okay like oh my gosh i'm just a total victim like who is gonna understand me like josh understands me but like it's just more preaching to the choir (laughs) so like I need like, I need to find someone else to understand me. And the person that would have understood me in that exact moment was Jesus and is Jesus. But instead I turned to this podcast, which led me to different places. And like, you know, I I mean, I'm all for us examining our faith. I'm all for us asking questions about our faith. I'm all for us saying like, hey, so-and-so said this and uh, wait a minute, I want to talk about it. In fact, like just recently, Josh and I were talking about something uh, biblical based off of scripture alone. Like we weren't taking like, oh, so-and-so said this quote about it. So this must be true. We were using scripture to have this like text message, quote unquote, debate. Not, <laughs> it wasn't argumentative. It was just a debate about this, this topic that's like really kind of like, wow, like, wait a minute, this is kind of eye-opening. We yeah. never really thought about this before but we were using scripture to do it. And you want to know where that conversation led? It led to Jesus. <laughs> that conversation led to us talking about what Jesus thought about it. It led to us talking about, you know, what, where we could find Jesus amidst that instead of us saying, oh, well, you know what? I guess it's just right. I guess we just, we have to believe this. Like it, we, it was a, a fruitful conversation for the both of us because it brought us to Jesus. Yeah. Um. So I, I was just, I mean, that was to me something that as I realized what this podcast was doing to me um, it really kind of put me in a spot of saying like, wow, like, you know, I I don't know how I got this far or where I came from in this place, but it was, it wasn't quite a prodigal thing. Like I I didn't walk away from my faith. I didn't walk away from, you know, believing in Jesus or anything, but it definitely affected the way that I led worship on a Sunday. Yeah, Um, It definitely affected the way that um, I would lead my family uh, to focus on Christ. Uh, it affected my mood. There's no doubt about it. Um, and so, I mean, one of the things I want us to do, Josh, before this is over is maybe we can give a list of a couple different podcasts. I mean, besides the theology doesn't suck, (laughs) of course, um, that people can go to, to listen. Uh, and if they're, if they're in this place that they need support, you know that was a part of our story, but you know maybe our suggestions will be a part of someone else's story. So.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's really good. And I, I like a lot of what you had to say, Marty. Because and um, there, I did, and I know you said this, but I did want to want to point this out too. Like, there were some really helpful episodes that I've personally listened to from the Liturgist podcast that I enjoyed. Um I really liked their interviews they did with Father Richard Rohr on his book The Universal Christ. That was helpful for me and it pointed me to Jesus. And so I think a lot of what we have to do is be uh is use exercise our wisdom and discernment. If something mm-hmm. is not helpful, you will know. You just you will and if it if it's pointing you towards faith and trust and hope and salvation and anything aside from Jesus, then that's a problem. You know, I, um, I guess I have a more, um, open and accepting view of, of various, you know, theological influences in people's lives. It's not a hill for me to die on unless, um, it's a, a dangerous theology, but, um, like often what I tell people is cling to Jesus, cling to Jesus, cling to Jesus. Cling to Jesus he is the central, you know, non-negotiable aspect of our faith and we have to cling to him. So anything that points us away from him is dangerous, um, and needs to be brought to light. And like one thing that I liked about the bad Christian podcast is they constantly said, like, we still love Jesus. Um, however, I think, um, I don't know. Cause it is, it is, does sound judgmental, but from experience being in the community a lot of people just completely walked away from the faith altogether. And what I realized was, is kind of like what you were saying is true. People are hurt. And I want to recognize that because I'm one of those people who have been hurt by the church. And and your, your pain, your suffering is real. And I do not want to write it off. Um, I've been hurt by the church and I know people have. And we can be jaded about that. That's fine. But we can't play the victim mentality and we can't walk away from Jesus because there are people who treat us like shit. Jesus is not the one who has treated us poorly. It's people have treated us poorly. And uh, once I realized that, that was really eye opening to me. No, it doesn't make things better. No, it doesn't change the way that people have treated me. No, it doesn't answer my questions as to like, why does God allow this kind of stuff to happen in his churches? But what it does show me is one, I know I mess up sometimes. Two, Jesus loves those people who have hurt me still. And three, I'm going to cling to Jesus because he's my ultimate hope anyway. And so- With the whole deconstruction, reconstruction, I think um, I'm going to echo uh, Joey Svensson, actually, from Bad Christian on this. When we interviewed him, he doesn't like that language. He thinks it's not helpful um, because it, of what it does imply. A lot of times deconstruction just completely uh, leads to walking away from the faith completely, and that's not helpful. Yep. That's not helpful. Even though,
1: Even though the concept is to deconstruct and then reconstruct, and that's kind of what it's talked about. Typically what happens is just the first happens. Right. And then, of course, Satan gets a hold of that because that's what the kind of thing he does. And then before you know it, decades have gone by and all you've done is half. You've only done the the deconstruction. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt Yeah, no, you.
0: you're right. And we just keep railing on the same thing over and over and over again. And that's not helpful. Um, but what I do want to say, though, is that um, our theology, when we encounter and realize that we've been taught or or propagated ourselves poor theology, you know, theology that gets people killed or theology that just is dangerous or evil or not of god. When we realize we have had those things, we need to be freed from them. We need to let those things go. And like theology, at least in my opinion, um except for some of like the really core things that, you know, if uh are thrown out the window is like just heretical, Like we should have open hands, kind of like theology should be more fluid as we continue to interact with God and experience God and, and all that kind of stuff. Like our theology should change based off of that, you know, um, and, and uh, maybe refined is a better word. Our, our theology is refined. God is refining our understanding of him day in and day out more and more and more and more. Um, and I mean, he's given us the ultimate revelation of, of what he's like. His name is Jesus, (laughs) but, um, I think that's important to remember. And what I'm not saying is that God changes because he doesn't. However, our understanding of God changes, our theology changes as God, you know, refines us. So that's, I think that language is more helpful within the realm of deconstruction and reconstruction is to think of it that way as refinement, not walk away from the faith completely, because I don't want anybody to walk away from Jesus. Actually my my the core purpose, the reason I wanted to do this podcast was to push people towards Jesus. No matter what theological walk they find themselves in, no matter where, you know, in the their life they find themselves in, uh, I want people to cling to Jesus because I know the power that is in Jesus and I know the hope that Jesus brings and that's what I want to plug people into. So
1: yeah, well, can I read a few scriptures that talk about that idea of refinement? Because I think there's definitely scriptural evidence for it being refined, but I don't know that there's scriptural evidence for de- like deconstructing your faith sure. altogether. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong, I and mean, I'll be the first to admit that I'm not an expert on pretty much anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, I guess that's not true. Maybe I would be an expert on you know myself. yeah on yourself. That's
0: know. a good one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and some would call me experts in other things, but I, I would not necessarily. <laughs> like um, uh, so Psalm twelve six says the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace on the earth, refined seven times. So I think about like us refining our faith and saying that like, you know, the Lord, his words are pure. So as we turn to Jesus, as we turn to God, as we look to Him, our words will be refined, and then our our lives will be refined because those the words of the Lord are refined. Yeah, as it would be as silver is here. Uh, let's see. First uh, Peter one seven says, "So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ." And what I really like about that is. So that the proof of your faith being far more precious than gold, which is perishable in like our faith and retaining our faith in Jesus is far more precious than anything else on yeah, earth. Yeah, for sure. And, it's, and it says it right there. I mean, that's Paul's words. I get it. But like Paul is saying directly, like, you know, there is nothing more precious than our faith in Jesus Christ. Um and then Psalm 66, 10 through 12, 10 to 10 through 12 says, for you have tried us. O God, you have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid an oppressive burden upon our loins. You made men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. Mm. And Josh, like that, that passage is literally our experience. Yeah, straight up. And, uh, you know, we went through this trial, this, this, you know, I mean, we went through it. And like, I think like the both of us would say, like, you know, maybe we did a good job or like, maybe we did a not so good job, (laughs) like, you know, uh, like going through that trial and that testing and that temptation, like those, that, that time of trial in our life. But, you know, it says it right there, you know, verse 12, yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. And that is so true. Um. It's a place of freedom and purity and a place where we are, you know, like I look back on the experiences I had now in the place I'm in now. And I say, you know, like, yeah, like it wasn't my favorite. Like those places weren't my favorite at all. And like, I would not want to go back, but it's not because I don't, I I wouldn't want to go back. Not because those places weren't good, but because the place that God has brought me to is so much better than I could Mm, have ever imagined. Absolutely, And The parallels to scripture in that, like the Israelites coming out of the desert into the promised land, you know, you know, just thinking about being brought from one place that, you know, at the time seemed great. But then as you really kind of move through it, you realize this is awful. I mean, the Israelites lived in Egypt for a long time (laughs) (laughs) before being put into slavery and before it being the worst possible place they could ever be. And Josh, you and I just had those experiences in a, on a much smaller time. frame, sure. Um, you know, but I think along the lines of this, of our concept today, um, you know, as we're talking about, you know, listening to these different podcasts and then kind of seeing how they were affecting us mentally and then moving away from that, um, Daniel twelve ten says, um, I'm sorry, wait. Yeah, Daniel 12:10 says many will be purged, purified and refined. But the wicked will act wickedly and none of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. And so as we spend time growing in communion with Jesus, as we spend time, and I'm not talking about like, you know, growing in communion with Jesus because like we, you know, because we we have a faith that our parents gave us, hmm. and we just know what, what the Bible says because our pastor said so. I'm talking about the time that you spend personally alone with Jesus, yeah. the time that you personally spend alone with your Bible, the time that you spend alone in communion with God. I'm not talking about, you know, going to church or, you know, you might go to a church with good teaching or bad teaching, whatever, but to me, the most important time with the Lord is the time that we spend in communion one-on-one with him and we listen to what he has to say. And, you know, we talked, we talk and commune with him. I mean, I feel like Adam and Eve, like, man, I wish that like I could just, you know, walk with God in the garden at in the cool of the day and be in actual physical communion with God, like they were, and like I feel like the closest I can get to that is spending my own personal time in prayer and in worship and in time of time alone with God. Yeah. And so like, as I think about that and I say like, you know, I'm going to know and I'm going to understand when the things that I'm listening to kind of, like you said earlier, Josh are becoming harmful to me and are, and are not actually leading me closer to God. And instead of bringing me away, yeah. um, I'll know that be- when I'm in communion with God. But the only caution I'd put on that is if you aren't in communion with God regularly, you aren't talking with God regularly in prayer with God, reading your Bible often and regularly worshiping the Lord through the, the reading of the Bible and through song or whatever it is, like whatever you do best, if you aren't there, the caution against that is you may not know. yeah. And you might and you might be in that place of saying like, oh, well, everything is just great. But then before you know it, you kind of get to this place of like, you know, I cannot believe how far I've come. Yeah. Um, so I would say if you are in a if you're if you're a person, this is my personal advice. Like if you are in a going through a personal crisis of faith in your own. And you're, you're listening to this today by chance. Maybe let's just say someone said, listen to this podcast or, you know, you were scrolling through podcast feed and you're like, oh, I'll try these guys out. You know, theology doesn't suck. Sounds kind of edgy and cool. Plus that guy with the beard, he looks super <laughs> handsome. I wonder what he'd look like. I wonder what he'd look like with Air Force Ones. And so like, <laughs> you know, I have a picture if you'd like to see it. Um, <laughs> um But, you know, maybe you're, so you found the podcast somehow and uh, you're listening today and I would say even amidst your crisis of faith, cling to Jesus, like Josh said, cling to your Bible. Do not turn to, you know, you know, I'm going to, well, I guess I'll just turn to the world and I'll see like what's going on out there. And maybe I'll just kind of take a break from God for a little bit. Don't do that. Turn to scripture, look inward into community and communion with the Lord. Look inward to community and communion with the people that love you and care about you there are people that are going to love you and care about you enough to not just tell you what you want. Absolutely. To hear. They're going to, they're going to tell you what you need to hear and the, the changes you need to make and take those with grace, take those with joy. Don't say, man, like, Oh my gosh, this person told me that like, you know, and I'm just using this as an example. Okay. This is, this is like super, super like conservative Christian, like, you know, just being, you know, a, like what's the word, Josh, uh, um, a fundamentalist, uh, No, I was you'll know what you'll you'll tell me the word it's in in the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it. But like, you know, like, oh, like everyone's telling me that, like, this extreme gangster rap that I listen to is causing me to fall away from my faith Um, or like, oh, man, like, dude, like you always talk about how you watch porn all the time, like like, moralism, yeah, like but there is an L, there's an L word legalism. Legalism, That's what it is and I'm not saying pornography is just legalism. I mean, obviously it's a sin. It's like way out. (laughs) It's an issue. But like, yeah, but I think like, you know, listen to the people that come to you and say like, dude, the reason you are feeling so dark right now is because you watch porn all the time and you talk about it like it's a matter of pride. Yeah. Or, you know, you, the reason you're in such a dark place right now is because you are not surrounding yourself with anything scriptural at all. And as a matter of fact, the music you listen to isn't scriptural. The shows you watch and the TV you watch is not biblical at all. In fact, it's the opposite. The people you spend your time with, they are not turning you towards Jesus. As a matter of fact, they're actively turning you away from Jesus. They're they're pulling you into things to do and places to go and people to spend time with that do not glorify and edify the Lord in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you might be like, yeah, some of that's just legalistic though. Like, why can't I just be a person and do what I want to do and hang out with my friends. Listen, you can, (laughs) but not when you're in this place of total and absolute loss as far as like your faith. And when you are there and you're like, man, like, I just want to find God again and I can't find him. Listen to the people around you who will tell you what you don't want to hear. And then after you listen to them, make changes to your life. People who speak into you, and give you advice and tell you the things that you don't want to hear will stop sharing things with you when they share it with you and you don't make changes. They'll stop saying, Oh dude, remember I told you over and over again, stop listening to that or stop watching that because eventually they're going to be like, dude, like I've said this to you so many times and you keep coming back to me with the same problem. And I keep giving you the same piece of advice because I just see this clearer than Hmm. you do and you're not listening to me. So like, I just say all those things to say, listen to the people that care about you and they will steer you the way you need to be steered. Because if they're in communion with God and you're seeking communion with God, I got to be honest, they're going to they're going to tell you where to go because God is speaking to through them to you Mm -hmm. because he wants you back. Yeah and he, he doesn't want to see you live in this place any longer, I can promise you if you're in this place right now, I'm going to speak this into you. Here's my bold statement, <laughs> Josh, but it's not all it's not all that bold. It's just direct. God wants you back. I'm telling you, he wants you back. Yeah. You might feel like he's mad at you. You might feel like he's angry at you. You might feel like you've made a lot of mistakes. And like, you know what? Like, Maybe he is. (laughs) Maybe he is mad at you. Like maybe God is upset with the choices you've made, but it doesn't remove you from the opportunity to have communion with him. Mm. And so I just want you to know God wants you back. I'm saying that to you right now and answer the call.
0: Yeah, no, I would echo what, um, you know, the things Marty was saying and uh especially too like don't cause I know for me, like whenever I would hear something like what Marty just said, I would kind of buck at it like, oh, exactly like Marty said, Oh, it's just legalism, whatever. But he's absolutely right. When you're in a time and a place when things are dark, uh, and I know from experience, and you surround yourself with other things that are just dark because you're bucking the system, it's not helpful. Um no. uh, and like that's just straight up. And one of the, the craziest things I found, and, and here's the thing, Marty talked about clinging to your Bible too. And I would echo that. And I don't care what your understanding of inerrancy, infallibility, inspiration, whatever. I don't care what you think about that. You know I have opinions that. Marty has opinions. I would still echo the sentiment in what Marty is saying. Cling to your Bible. I remember uh, something that helped me phenomenally was I started reading the Psalms when I was having these hard times Mm -hmm. because the Psalms are so honest. Like they, one minute they're saying like, oh God, you're so great. And then next they're like, God, you're a liar. You have abandoned me. You don't keep your promises. I'm pissed off at you. Uh, Oh, but by the way, I'm still going to worship you. So like the fact that that's there, uh, is showing us that God is big enough to handle those kind of things. God can, you know, God wants us to bring our concerns, wants us to bring our complaints and like, that's okay. And that was an extremely helpful thing to me. Just to know yeah. that like I can be angry and I can tell God that I'm angry at him. Um, there have been times and I don't I don't know if this is right or wrong, um, but there have been times when like I have said things like directed very specific curse words towards God <laughs> um, in a way that's, you know, it just was honest. And it was me at some of my lowest and darkest times. And I think God was OK with that. Um, and, and ultimately what I've come to this humility is like, is I don't know, you know, um, you know, God, this is confusing to me. I don't like this, uh, but you know, I don't know like the, the violence in scripture. I hate it. I do not think God is violent. I do not see it in the character of Jesus, you know, who's the ultimate revelation of who God is, but you know, the Bible sure as hell depicts, God is a violent, genocidal, egotistical maniac at times, if you choose to read scripture that way. And my conversations with God is this does not look like your character. I do not think this is who you are. But also, God, I don't know. I'm sorry. Help me. You know, that, that I, I cling to this idea of um, I forget where it comes from, but it's, it's this idea like, God, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Um, and mm-hmm. so I would just echo what Marty's saying and, and cling to Jesus. Don't be afraid to be honest with God. Um, and God will be honest with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and there's a song that I, I stumbled upon recently, Marty, I'm sure you probably know it, Um, uh, but it's called bigger than I thought. Um, and it's by passion and Sean Curran, C-U-R-R-A-N. Um, but they put that song out, uh, and they played that at this conference that I just took my students to. And that song like wrecked me, dude. Um, it really did. And so I really like it. I would recommend that song. Um,
1: and for, and for Josh to say that a song wrecked him is a really big deal because when Josh and I were in ministry together and I was leading worship, Josh never sang along. (laughs) It might've been because I was really bad. Um, (laughs) but also uh but uh, but yeah i I think music can take us to places and you know that's kind of what i was saying before is you know the choices that we like the things that we choose to listen to whether we even realize it or not put us in a place because music is very emotive um and so when you are an emotive person and you're in a dark place and you're sitting in your car before you decide to drive away because it's it's illegal in Illinois to operate (laughs) your phone at all. Even if you're at a stoplight, it's illegal to operate your cell phone. So thanks Siri for all that you do. Um but uh if you're if you're sitting in your car and you're choosing a song to listen to or, or an album to listen to and you have a choice between something that you know isn't going to glorify the Lord and something that will glorify the Lord and you instead choose to listen to the thing that isn't going to glorify the Lord, like I've got to be honest with you, you might feel like you're personally being edified and you might feel like you're personally being like, yeah, like that's how I feel right now. And that's okay, but it's not going to take you out of that spot. And so uh, a really good friend of mine named Rob, uh, he's the youth pastor at the church I'm currently at. Um, He, every week, or as often as probably possible, will say a phrase to his students uh, that I think is really, really helpful. And I think it puts people in a place of kind of like saying, OK, like this is where I'm at is he says it's OK to not be OK, but don't stay there. Yeah. And so, as you are like living in this place, like don't just wallow in the place you are. Don't just wallow in your sickness and sadness and be like, "Oh, woe is me! How, how terrible my life is!" Like as Josh was saying, as you read the Psalms, there are plenty of places where David says, "Like, oh, my life is terrible. God has abandoned me. People are swar- like the enemies of my of of me are swarming around everywhere." But you, O oh Lord, have remained steadfast. You, O oh Lord, have remained faithful. And so, like he can cont- he he. He shares his feelings of, you know, just being in this worst, terrible place. But then he also will take it away from there, particularly if you pull away our modern way of like separating Hmm. the Bible up by, you know, by chapter and verse, which like I'm just going to be honest. And hopefully this doesn't offend anybody. It shouldn't offend anybody. But like. The numbering in the Bible, the chapter and verse, is not inerrant, okay? (laughs) Like, that is—that's not the actual, like, the way— Like, the Bible is just—it was just a—like, if you read Romans, it didn't have— you know, back in, you know, when Romans was written, you know, and like, you know, the year 200 after Romans was written, people weren't like, oh, yeah, pull up Romans 12 you know, are <laughs> like, hey, you know, isn't isn't Romans 623 a part of the Romans road? Pull that verse up if you want to t- talk to people about Jesus. Like, no, like they just knew that part of Romans. They knew that part of that letter and they knew what to share with people. So like the numbers in there are not inerrant. So like if you read Psalms, you know, to me, it's be like, oh, I'm going to read Psalms 1. I'm going to read Psalm one. Okay, great. But then like, don't stop there because there's more to that story. I feel yeah. like there's more to what that looks like. Um, but I guess, you know, I would also just say in general, um, you know, worship is not always joy. Absolutely. Sometimes worship is telling God how you feel and expressing to God exactly where you are. Worship is lament. Yeah. Worship is, uh, worship is fear. Worship is, uh, you know, worry. Worship is being nervous. Worship is all of these things combined with an understanding that God can take you from those places into joy. Yeah. And so there there are oftentimes as a worship leader where I'll plan my worship set, you know, where the first song is joyful. The second song uh, still is kind of, you know, promises of God. But then the third and the fourth song in that set, you know, might just be us, you know, glorifying and spe- like specifically worshiping the Lord himself for for his goodness and for who he is. And like so going kind of from this idea of uh, of a vertical worship that we're kind of are looking out at like the people around us to a horizontal worship of just simply f- fixing our eyes on Jesus. But sometimes I like to do things a little bit differently. I like to say, okay, we're going to start with, oh, like my life is just so <laughs> hard and like, I don't know where to go. But then as I, as I work through this creatively and you say, okay, now we're going to end this worship with an opportunity of just expressing joy in the Lord. And I, sometimes four songs doesn't, answer that. So you throw scripture in there to do it, to kind of lead people along this path and lead people on this story. Um, but, but I think it's worship doesn't always look like, ha ha ha. Life is so great. It's not Kim Walker laughing on the album uh, or or laughing at a certain point of the song. Like she does oftentimes, like, it's like worship can be tears. Hmm. Worship can be, what do I do, Lord? You know, worship. I mean, if that's what the Psalm Psalms is, is. Is it's a collection of songs. And as you look at some of those and you think, like, in the time, like the choir director would have been handed a piece of music that would have been like, Woe is me, how terrible my life is, my enemies are all around me. And you can imagine like being in the choir and be like, Hey guys, here's what we're singing on Sunday. Hmm. (laughs) But like, but we stopped there. And we didn't go to joy afterwards. We didn't go to what God can do to bring us from that spot. Like that would obviously not be good in any senior pastor's eyes. They would be like, why did you leave us in this place of lament and like just feeling terrible about ourselves so that now as the pastor, I've got to get up and be like, well, good morning, everyone. Because like my sermon is totally joyous (laughs) and happy. Like no senior pastor is going to be like, hey, thanks so much for that. Like that really kind of set me up properly to like, you know, be in the room with these people. Like they'd be like, no, like you need to take people from hmm. like, you need to take them out of that so that they're ready to receive the word. So unless the word is about that specific, okay, well, I'm qualifying a lot of things, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I, think ultimately, so Josh, as I mentioned before, there was a couple of podcasts, um, that I had, that I listened to even still, yeah. um, that have been helpful for me, um, in many ways. So, um, uh, I used to really be into politics, um, and so I would listen to some p- political podcasts and stuff like that. I don't listen to those anymore. I just – they don't they don't do anything for me. Uh, it creates division for me. Um, so there are some podcasts that I listen to that are not religious at all, and so I'm going to share what those are because I think those have helped me for a purpose, and I'll tell you why. Um, there's a podcast called Stuff You Missed in History Class, <laughs> um, Amer- American Scandal by Wondery. American History Tellers by Wondery. Those are the sort of the three. And then there's some like music podcasts that I kind of enjoy listening to. There's one called Bottega, B-O-T-T-E-G-A. That's just like musicians kind of thing. uh, And like, you know, drummers. So it's kind of cool. Actually, the drummer uh, from Hillsong United, Simon Cobbler and a friend of his uh, do that podcast. It's pretty interested. Um, and so pretty interesting to me anyway, you may not find it interesting, but I do. (laughs) Um, and so that kind of, that one kind of, because those guys are Christians, that kind of bridges the gap for me into the Christians, Christian style podcast. Um, So uh, one of the podcasts that I really like, and I'm probably going to get flamed by you conservatives out there or you, you know, reformed people out Hmm. there. So sorry. it's just honest. Um, I love the Bethel Sermon of the Week podcast. Um, I absolutely love it. And I listen to it. Literally every week, like I listen to the newest episode. There are certain pastors that I do not listen to on that podcast. Like, if I start it and they say it's such and such pastor, I do not listen because I personally don't like that person, uh, or I don't like the way they preach. I've never met the person, so I can't say I don't like them. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say who they are over the air because I don't want to, uh, like, the purpose is not to blast um, the Christian podcast that I think build us up. So if you would like to know who that is, uh, send us a message on Instagram and I'll be happy to tell you, uh, and why I'd feel that way. Um, I also love the Jonathan David and Melissa Helser podcast. Um, and then I have a friend named Rod Tucker, um, who has an amazing podcast. Uh, it's called Rod Tucker says, and sometimes, the episodes are short. Sometimes they're long, but they're really, he has really great conversations. So like one of them is called the speed of family, the last act of Jesus, loving and serving a Christmas story, give away your power, uh, thoughts on some of John five. And so some of they're just, it's all across the board, but it's just him. It's a good friend of mine. Um, and then, um, the last one that I would say, uh, is more nebulous. Um, I would recommend if your church has a podcast, on Sunday, when you leave church and you have heard the sermon, don't let that be the only time you've heard the sermon. Listen to it again and listen to it via your church's podcast yeah. and support your church's podcast and share your church's podcast with people. You want to you want to talk about a really great way to spread the love of Jesus in the name of Jesus and who God is. Well, if you support your own church and someone's not willing to come with you to church, ask them if they'd be willing to listen to the. Podcast. Yeah, it's a great way. And just send them the podcast and say, hey, this is my pastor. I really like what he had to say here. Or even be honestly like, oh, I didn't really agree with this part. But, I, you know, I, I think it's kind of still worth listening to. And so, like, just send out the podcast. But listen to your church's podcast. Mine is called Grace Community Bible Church. Um, and so the podcast is called Grace Community Bible Church. Um, there's it's sometimes it's updated. Sometimes it's not. It's not. <laughs> uh, but that's mine. And so I will listen to that. Every week, and I will I will go back to what my pastor said, uh, and then on small groups in our church, we will then talk about in the small group what the pastor said, um, in 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 the sermon the previous Sunday, and so it, like there's just like continual discussion around these concepts and ideas that I think just becomes really helpful um, as a community of believers. We hear it on Sunday, we listen to it maybe once or twice again, but then as a community of believers, we discuss late together in a smaller group what was said and we dig deeper into those concepts and it becomes this community-wide thing where it's like not just heard once and then moved on from uh which to be honest in our previous place that was everybody's experience <laughs> everyone heard it on sunday and moved on because like okay great like that's sucked. Yep. <laughs> so um, so great so those are those are the ones i'd recommend obviously i listened to, there's probably a lot of other ones that people listen to those are not oh there's one other one uh, I have not listened to this, so I will not say for certain that I personally say it's any good, but a, a worship leader that I really like, his name is Josh Baldwin. He goes to Bethel as well. Uh, actually, right before we recorded this episode, he posted on his Instagram that he really likes listening to a podcast called The Ferment. F-E-R-M-E-N-T, The Ferment. So never listen to it, but I'm going to give it a shot. And if it's bad or it's like super heretical or something like that, then like I'll mention it next, next time and be like, by the way, don't listen to the format. <laughs> but I don't think, I don't think it is. Cause I, if I know the way that Josh leans, um, not Josh Patterson here, but Josh Baldwin, the worship leader. Um, I don't think he would listen to stuff that was bad. Yeah. So those are mine, Josh. Sweet.
0: Yeah. I'll drop a couple. And then I have a, a thought to share, um, that just popped up. I got a notification on my U version, um, app or whatever. And then I guess we should shut this thing down. But um the yeah, podcast <laughs> podcast that I really like and find helpful um is The Bible for Normal People. That's a solid podcast. Um The Bible Project is a is a really good podcast. Um unbelievable with Justin Brierley. Uh that's based out of the UK. Um if you want to hear, you know, Atheists and Christians have really good, helpful conversations. Like, go check that out. That's a solid show. Um, If you're a dork, check out OnScript podcast. Uh, One of my personal favorites is the Ask NT Write Anything podcast, just for obvious reasons. Um, And then probably by far my favorite podcast right now, obviously, aside from Theology Doesn't Suck, is You Have Permission. Uh, It's Dan Koch's podcast. He is doing some amazing work. He's had some really good guests, solid conversations. Um I would I would recommend checking them out and if you want to hear um I mean Marty talked about his church podcast. I go to Seneca Creek Community Church. We have one um that I like to listen to, but you should really uh find your church's podcast or 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 um you know whatever and listen to that and support those. But I do want to share though real quick. I think Marty you'll agree this is a good wrapping up thought. I got a notification okay. um on Instagram. You know how you get like oh this person posted recently or whatever? Um, so I got, yeah. you know, you version posted recently. So I pulled it up and, uh, this is what it says is you don't have to be a slave to struggles. And so I think that's mm-hmm. a really good way to wrap this up. Um, you know, today, cause Marty and I both have had our fair share of struggles. We're going to continue to have our fair share of struggles, mm-hmm. but I think ultimately, if you get nothing out of this episode today, take that piece of advice that doesn't even come from Marty and I it came from you version, <laughs> but don't be a slave to your struggles. Cling to Jesus. Always cling to Jesus. Nice. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have any, anything you want to say to, to close this thing down, dude?
1: I think I would just say, yeah, just as Josh said, cling to Jesus and always look to him. And, um, you know, uh, I think also just a uh, uh, kind of a final thought, like if you are in a place of ministry that is toxic and it does not, I'm not talking about the places that Josh and I were in, obviously I'm talking about like your own places. Um, If you're in a place of ministry, that's toxic and you have no one to talk to um, you have nowhere to turn. You know, your spouse either is like, I mean like ours were our spouses were in total support of our feelings and sentiments um, but just got, you know, got tired of hearing about it because it was all we had. I mean, it was all it was literally what we talked about all the time us. because <laughs> Josh and I, well, it consumed us, but also the fact like, dude, like we were literally living it every moment of our yeah. lives, even to the point where like our families were secondary. And so like, of course, that was what we were going to talk about because it's like we, like it was like going through our mind all the time. But we had that opportunity. Josh and I were blessed to have each other. Um, if you don't have somebody to to speak to, I can promise you if you send Josh and I an email or if you send us a message on Instagram, whether it be like our private accounts or like the Theology Doesn't Suck account or a Facebook message or whatever, I can promise you that Josh and I would love to talk to you about that. We would love to like share more specifics about our experiences and like um, and just like tell you exactly how like what we what we tried what worked what didn't work um just to kind of like be there for you and kind of like disciple you through that like like listen we we're, we're not we we don't have like you know 50 60 years of ministry experience but I feel like the experiences we've had have we have been given to us so we can help other Absolutely. people Absolutely. um is a part of that anyway and Like, we don't want you to continue to struggle. So please just send us an email or send us a message, whatever we if we can help you, we want to help you. And like, if I can tell you, like, to be honest with you, I don't want to say it right now because there's people that would hurt, be hurt by it. But like, if I can tell you specifically, like, do not go work at this place or this place, I will be happy to tell you that privately. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and say like if you ever see an ad for a posting or a job at this specific place or this specific place do not go there yeah. like i don't care how easy it seems i don't care how great of a fit you feel like you are do not go there and like it's not going to be like this is not something that like you know oh it's just going to get better you know like we I, i've been gone now for almost a year josh has been gone for over a year and it has not changed a single nope. bit at that nope. place. And we know this because people have told us, not because we just look on their Facebook and say, oh look at well, us the same. <laughs> no, we've been told directly from specific people it has not changed. And I want you to know, I don't want you to experience that, but I mean in just in your specific scenario, whether you are in California or whether you are on the other whether on the East Coast, so or anywhere in between or anywhere around the world. If you're in a place of ministry that is abusive, I would love to talk to you about that. I know know Josh would as well. Please message us and ask us about those things. However, I will also say this. If you're the type of person that wants to message us and just talk to us about a bunch of stuff to like kind of egg us on, like, oh, what do you think about this? And then like not actually listen to what we have to say and give our opinions about it. Like, I think Josh and I are both kind of like done with those (laughs) messages, like the trolling messages. So like, that's probably going to lead to trolling. messages, <laughs> <laughs> But like, we're done with that stuff. Like, honestly, like if I see or feel like it's going to be a trolling message, like I personally don't respond yeah. at all. And like, so like you guys can just like, we, there's many messages that we just don't respond to. Cause it's like, okay, whatever this guy like, w- or this girl or whatever, like they are not in it to have discussion. Like the spirit of this podcast, they're in it to like feel better about themselves or like, you know, like, you know, prop, prop up their own weird belief system or like, and we're not just, we're not going to be a party yeah, for to that. Sure. So, um, that's the, but if you need help, please message us. We'd love to Yeah. Help I'm going to
0: second that on Marty's part too. And I'll close this down here. But, uh, and this, here's a real life example here in case you're still like, Oh, but do they really care? Um, I recently spoke to a pastor who sought me out. <laughs> they contacted me. I did not go to them. They came to me. Uh, who worked at a previous place of employment and, uh, they asked me questions. I was honest with them. Um, and, you know, basically word got out. They ended up getting fired. Um, and the, I have been blocked on all social media platforms, uh, you know, by the, the people at this other, you know, at the church, uh, the leadership that is, um, you know, so,
1: so brave. So yeah, brave, really brave. <laughs> just, if you're listening, man, like I just want to say, like, if you're listening to this and you're that specific person, like, man, I'm so proud of your bravery, <laughs> the, the blocking on social media, the unfriending and like you are just so brave. You are such an inspiration to me. And like, it's actually really edifying and glorifying huh. <laughs> to the, like, it's edifying for me personally to just say you are just so brave. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Yeah,
0: and if you actually want to talk, why don't you give us a call and we can have a, a legitimate conversation like adults. That would be much better. Um but but I mean, <laughs> seriously. Seriously, I, I mean that.
1: Come on our yeah, podcast. Come, come, be come a on guest. our podcast. But
0: um yeah, so I you know, that person got fired and that sucks, and I got drugged back into this and you know, people are saying certain things and lies are being propagated at that place. Um and it and if I'm honest, it bothers me because I can't do anything about it. But Um, I do not regret talking to that person. I do not want them to have the same experience that I had. I don't want them to have the same experience that Marty had. And if you're having that kind of experience, I don't want that for you either, because I know it almost pushed me away from what matters most, which is Jesus. And I don't want anybody to be pushed away from Jesus. Um, In fact, like I've said multiple times, I want the exact opposite. I want to lean into Jesus and cling to him. So with that in mind, yep. uh before Marty and I get too just straight up cynical, um <laughs> <laughs> <So yeah. brave>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shut it down. Uh so if you would uh like to contact us, take us up on our offer, or just have some thoughts, feel free to email us at, at theology not suck or just go to our contact us page on our website. Um which is theology doesn't suck.com or feel free to DM us on Instagram or go give us a follow on Instagram at theology. Doesn't suck. We're also on Twitter. Um, Twitter's weird. I'm still trying to figure out that whole world. It mostly consists of me posting quotes from theologians. Uh, but that's fun. Um, (laughs) yeah. And, and with that in mind, uh, Stop allowing people to abuse you spiritually and emotionally and stop running away from Jesus because he's not the one who's trying to hurt you uh, People suck sometimes and Jesus is Lord. so go caps